The following presentation by Taylor Fragon Capital Management LLC is intended for general information purposes only. No portion of the presentation serves as the receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from Taylor Fragon or any other investment professional of your choosing. Please see additional important disclosure at the end of this presentation. A copy of Taylor Fragon's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request or at www.taylorfragon.com. Hello, once more, it's time for the Longly Podcast. I'm Doug. I'm Jerry. And we are here to talk about stuff. Stuff? It's particularly dividends. Dividends today. We're actually going to change our... Can we make dividends interesting? I don't know. It's very hard. They're, they're, they're perceived as being kind of boring. Dividends and voting. It's not just for old people anymore. <laughs> Clipping coupons? Um, no, that's a bond reference. Never yes. mind. We're not, well, we're not big on bonds, right? Well, I mean, who, who, who has been in a long time? But I must say, it's starting to look at bonds again with rates at where they are might not be a bad idea. So you're telling me after all this time, it's really just about the money? Yes. Before we start on the dividends, you did bring up a point. Do we have, as a firm, I mean, I've got my own opinions, but as a firm or in you being the proxy for the firm, or actually really just the firm, <laughs> do we have an issue with bonds That's systemically? Wrong. No, not at all. I mean, it's, has it made sense? Well, okay. It has. I don't think it's made sense for so long, especially in this zero interest rate world that we lived in. Yeah, so the consternation in the markets today is largely this pushing of the 10-year treasury up against 5%. Um, That's still not a particularly great return. I think that's probably not going to last for very long because I do think we're we're getting closer to the point where inflation might, you know, be getting back down towards the target that they, you know, whether it's two, three percent, it's two percent, I guess, right now, it may end up being three percent if they decide to give give a little bit more on that. Um, all of it's crazy. There should be zero. The target should be zero. But we live in a world of fiat money. So that's almost impossible. Um, you know, five percent should be a very reasonable return on a 10-year treasury. Um, but I fear that that it, it won't be in the, in the kind of, like I said, fiat money that we live in. If you go back historically, like before the great debt buildup of the 70s, um, and, bef- and I mean, even, you know, it was a slow drip until from 1912 when the, when the U.S. went off the gold standard to when it completely, you know, through Bretton Woods and then 1971 and the gold window being shut where we wouldn't exchange for in international um, markets for gold. So it was a slow drip from 12 to 71. Um, and then what have we seen in, since then? We've seen this massive government buildup in debt and debt everywhere. Although in, in the last few years, generally speaking, individuals and corporations have done a pretty good job with their balance sheet. In fact, even since more since 08, 09, it's like the, the, the corporation and the you know, the private sector and individuals kind of in large part learned their lesson. And if you look at the numbers, the debt levels have gotten quite reasonable. Well, that's one of for the everything things. except for the federal government. Yeah. And one of the things that's making this particular, whatever you want to call it, hard to deal with compared to the last one 
is that the consumer is in a much stronger position from a balance sheet standpoint. And corporations are as well, for the most part. It's the government that went nuts spending. And it's the spending, especially the accelerated steroid-like spending of the last few years for this nonsense of COVID that's given us this inflation. Um, And now the ramifications of having to push back on the inflation. And now they've pushed too hard and they will overshoot and they're going to, you know, We've been through this so many times. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. So I, let's stop right there. Well, let's go back to dividends yeah, and our bonds. Okay. Are bonds a a value right now? Well, they could well be, and especially if it turns out that the Fed is has really overshot, and then they're going to have to, you know, start backpedaling, um, end up in a much lower interest rate and circumstance. And just to just to put the final, what what we really want to see is a interest rate term structure, which is perennially sloping upward. The shorter term you are, the lower the rate. The longer you go, the higher the rate. And at a, and a low term structure. And that's all I'll say about that. Again, you go before, if you look back before the time of the, the lack of convertibility into something real, again, 1912, through the 70s, and then the buildup massive debt, all of that has killed the value of the dollar. And it's made the interest rate market a volatile mess. Prior to that, it was a relatively boring world, as it should be. The bond market should not be a trading market. It should be an IOU, which is what it is. IOU, you give me $10, an IOU, $10 plus interest at some future date, I have to give you the whole thing back. And maybe every six months or year, I have to make an interest payment until I owe you all the money back. Jerry's nostalgic for the 50s again. It is. You know what? It's the modern finance is not what it's cracked up to be. But back to dividends. Back to dividends. Speaking of the 50s. Dividends used to be, it used to be very simple. You bought a company pretty much for the dividends. I remember reading particularly in a book about, a book about Cornelius Vanderbilt. And he was talking about his the, his stock portfolio, and he was harping on this his dividends being paid at par. The stock price is basically assumed to be staying right around $100 par, if I remember correctly. And th- it was all about the dividends. The dividends were what were rising. That, that's, what he, that's what he cared about. So what time frame was that? Probably Vanderbilt would have been like 1890s, 19... A little bit before that, actually. Um, 1880s? His heyday was 50s, 60s, and 70s, 1880s. You know what wasn't in existence then? Income tax. Income tax. I I don't... We can probably end the podcast right now. That killed the dividend. Just like video killed the radio star. I was just going to say that. I'm I'm actually starting to think like, Doug, oh my gosh, frightening. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, and, and the, to exacerbate that point, capital gains are treated differently than dividends in the income tax code. They're, they have preferential treatment. Hence the reason why dividends are, are, um, de-emphasized and stock buybacks are emphasized because technically speaking, it's, and and uh, I believe it's Art Laffer that's talked about this, that it, it doesn't, the dividend and the stock buyback are both the company giving money back to shareholders in, a, in, one, in two different forms. One, by buying back stock, 
which means you know by definition you're you're it's a it's an accretive transaction you're taking shares out of the the float you're you're reducing the capital stock in the company um <clears throat> and and dividends are just you can take that those same dollars and pay them out to shareholders and it, it it's it, it's a you know different in the in the treatment of it from you know how it's treated as far as you know they're not you're not taking shares out of the equation um but you are just you know taking earnings from the company and giving it back to shareholders in some form in in modern times capital gains taxes being preferentially treated it, stock buybacks are much more popular um the difference between capital gains and dividends you know, dividends are taxed at normal income tax rates and, and ta- capital gains are taxed slightly lo- and i say slightly lower because it was a way way more um, capital gains taxes have come down big time they had no they've gone back up now they had come down and there was a big discrepancy between the income tax rate and the capital gains tax rate so you're seeing buybacks left and right because it just made more sense from a tax standpoint um that's narrowed a bit so you, you know now you can make a little bit better case for paying the dividend. It's not as big of a penalty from a tax standpoint as it used to be. Remind me what were historically capped in the seventies were capital gains rates approximately. Gosh, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. I know that they were pretty high still. They might've even been at the, at the various income tax levels at that time. I don't recall when the point was that we got into a, a reduction in capital gains taxes. I think Kennedy Started the reduction in capital gains taxes, cool. believe it or not. Well, it started the reduction in income taxes. Income taxes, but I think maybe the preferential treatment came in there. I don't know. I'd have to check the record on that. Wait, wait, but would you say historically, let's say since the time, since the income tax, you don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. I'm not sure when the capital gains tax came in or if it was always considered part of income previously. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure on that. We'll, okay. we'll look into that and see. All right. So anyway, the point is, is that now, regardless of how the how the history looks, now suddenly capital gains taxes, generally speaking, are a little bit lower than dividends. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's still preferential to have a capital gain as opposed to a, a straight up dividend. And so the buybacks facilitate the capital gains as opposed to just handing out money in the form of dividends. Well, they, they, a buyback in and of itself is not taxable. So what you're saying is, is I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to theoretically increase the value of your stock such that if you want to take money out, you sell stock and you pay capital gains at a lower rate. Now, that's assuming it's long term capital gains. And you get into that complexity of long term versus short term. Um, short term is still taxed at the income tax level. And now at this point, it is if we're listening to people who are novice investors, it is worth noting how dividends work, because there was a time when. You know, this is news to a lot of people, surprisingly. And there was a time I didn't know. Um, then I turned 12. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I found out much later in life. But the dividend money isn't free. It's really just another way of the stock selling itself. Because when it, if you have some stock that's trading at, say, $10 a share, they declare a 50 cent dividend. Well, in a vacuum, the stock price does reduce by 50 cents that day. And, you get, and suddenly your $10 stock becomes $9.50 of a stock and then 50 Correct. cent dividend in hand. Correct. So it is being it's not like rental income on a house where, you know, the you're getting paid rent on a house on a house you own. And then that the house is worth less. 
it's different. That cash has to come from the share price. Of the well, stock. but theoretically it is the same because if you think of that rent that's coming in from the rental property and you think of the rental property as an entity that collects rent, okay, that rent comes into that entity. The value is now the, the, the value of the property plus the, the rental income. Then that rental income is paid out that no longer is on the balance sheet of the entity that is the rental anymore. It's now paid out to the owner or to whoever. So in theory, I, I hear what you're saying, but it's still, it still comes down to the same point that those are assets that are no longer on in that pocket. They're now in this pocket. And, and the thing is, is that in a company that pays dividends, that dividend accumulates throughout the course of the, the quarter as well, assuming it's a quarterly dividend. And that's theoretically built into the stock price of, of the company. Then it's paid and it's gone. Now it builds back up again. Well, I'm going to take another step back and go broader, though. Okay. The key there is that is that when you have a dividend, you have to be careful when you see an increasing dividend because it could be the co- the company eating itself. But because that absolutely dividend payout ratios matter. In other words, what's the ratio that the earnings of the company that they're paying out as dividends? Are they leaving enough in the company to still run the company? Well, and also is the is the rate of dividend going up simply because the stock price is going up? Because if the stock price continues to go up, and I'm sorry, if the stock price goes down, if the dividend if the dividend the Jerry's now naughty and said like <laughs> Stop talking like an idiot. So it, it was the, uh, sorry, I misspoke. You have to be careful that the dividend percent is a yield is not going up simply because the stock price is going down. So, well, by definition, that's what happens, assuming the dividend isn't being reduced. But a lot of times, uh, that's what you, know, you call a value trap or even a dividend trap is it looks like it's an attractive dividend. Yeah, it's paying a 10% dividend. Well, why is it paying a 10% dividend? Let's look. And you find out that it's got a 150% payout ratio. So they're borrowing to pay the dividend. And that's not to say that that's not always, or let me rephrase that. That's not to say that that's always bad. There could be reasons for that that are legitimate. But as a rule of thumb, and usually it's the, the rule of thumb might would be, you know, where is that potentially legitimate might be in more commonly like financial companies that have, a lot of working parts on their balance sheet that could, that makes it. That rely on alchemy, basically. I wasn't going to go there, although that's likely the case in most cases. Um, but there are legitimate reasons why that you, you might see a company in that world, you know, pay a dividend that where it, maybe temporarily the dividend ratio is way high or over one and, or the payout ratio, I should say, and pay the ratio of the dividend to the earnings. Um, I mean, there's companies that lose money that still pay their dividend, but there's legitimate reasons for that. That has to do with accounting and depreciation, the cash flow being positive still. But generally speaking, that's going to be a, a red flag. A, a normal operating company, and let's say they have no debt, uh, you don't want them paying out a dividend that's not only do you not want them paying out a dividend that's you know, in excess of their earnings. In fact, it'd be really difficult for a company to do that for very long. Um, You know, a company could have reserves, but then they're paying it out of reserves. I mean, that's not what you want. You want a company, I mean, generally speaking, what we look at, for example, in our income strategy, if it's an operating type company where they're growing the business still, they're also growing the dividend. You know, we like that kind of, you know, 30 to 50% payout ratio is sort of acceptable. 
Um, depending on the business, depending on the maturity of the business, that can move up. But we really, I mean, particularly in a normal operating business. And when I mean, maybe I should clarify that a little bit more, like say a typical um, you know, manufacturing business or a consumer products business or uh, staples business, consumer staples for that matter. Business. You know, that, that kind of business, you know, you want to see them being reasonable with the payout of the dividend versus the earnings. Is staples consumer staples business? That would be consumer discretionary. Okay. All right. Leaning towards staples, but still would broadly end up in the consumer discretionary category. And the reason I say staples because it's oriented to business, business supplies, that tends to be a little bit more of a staple kind of thing. So, okay. And then, so I guess even again, taking it back broadly, the, with a dividend, one of the keys is in isolation, a dividend doesn't tell you that much. You need to look, look what's happening to the stock price and also right. what, what's the dividend payout ratio. The dividend yield itself does not tell you all you need to know. Correct. You, and, you, you know, you would want to go back and look at, you know, you used the Vanderbilt, right? Yep. You know, that example. I mean, I'm going to be the first one to say that, you know, here we're growth company investors for the most part. We like to see growing income statements or growing earnings on income statements, growing sales, particularly, um, that then leads to growing earnings. Um, I wish we were in a world where it was as clean as being able to pay the dividend. Just pay me my dividend, even if it's a growing business. Now, the thing is, is a lot of growing businesses require capital to grow. So I don't want them paying my dividend. The, the A company should be paying their dividend when they're at a point where the company is mature enough to where they, they are financing their business. Doug just tried to sneeze I and hold it. Sneeze he, almost, and he almost gave himself a heart attack. Yeah, I was going to say, I think my God bless you. Yes. Um, the, I smell sulfur. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, he's fine. He's still sitting erect and breathing. Stall, Jerry, stall. Okay. Um yeah, it's not to say that we don't want companies investing in their business and, and still growing. That was a laugh. That was a laugh. Because I, I was thinking about this, you know, like Kevin James show, uh, uh, was it Kevin Can Wait? The sort of the. I haven't seen that one. It was the follow up to King of Queens, and he just got uh, done with a, playing a, a policeman's versus like fireman's football game. And then one of his friends said, what, he said, like, it was pretty rough. And he's like, what's that? Why does everything smell like burnt toast whenever I turn left? So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, that this was is a, 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 a slight de- deviation into Doug's world of consumer or pop culture, consumer a little, pop culture. A little bit. The sad thing is, is I'm consuming at a much, much slower rate than I used to. Well, that's good. And I'm still got a lot of swimming around there. You're going to spend many years when, before you run out of things to say. Like my daughter is, she borrowed roller skates from her friend, like the four on the floor type, not roller blades, roller skates. And she's literally skating around the house at every opportunity now. And so I feel like I'm, you know, watching Tootie in the first season of Facts of Life, you know, oh my gosh. roller skates all the time. So, anyway. All right. We're, we're, we're finishing on the dividend thing and then we'll be done. We're finished. I thought we're just getting started. No, we're, we're going to be done as soon as the I world's first three hour dividend podcast. It, it, we don't want a company paying dividends when they should be reinvesting in their business to grow it. But it does seem that we've lost kind of the, <laughs> we've really lost a lot of the track of, the ultimate point is yes to pay out dividends. So Amazon is just waiting until they get yeah, on firm footing to pay that dividend. Yeah, I mean, 
there's a valid there's a valid uh, point with respect to where does this ultimately end up? Um, yeah, because you're not there's no revenue stream that's going to happen with them. Like it's a, the, the, if it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. So the theory is is that when you buy a stock, you're buying a you know a large part of what you're buying is future revenue. Well, what stream. you're that is I mean yeah you're buying a what is ownership of a of a company? It is a is a is a claim on the earnings of the company. So, and if they're always going to reinvest their earnings, then yeah, I mean, it's an it's existential a, it's question. A, it's a very, a very, it's, it's a very valid question. The thing is, is that now that said, are you going to say Amazon's worth zero? Right? Probably not. So um, it's just some of these guys, and and I will say quietly, there have been a lot of these kind of older especially tech names that now are paying significant dividends and growing their dividends. It's interesting to watch. I think this would have happened sooner in a world that wasn't so a, so fixated on trading. I'm going to come back to that and we can spend more time at another, in another podcast talking about why I think that, but a, if it wasn't so fixated on trading and B, if the tax code wasn't set up the way it is. Even NVIDIA is paying a dividend. Now, it, what's the dividend yield, you might guess? What, 0.1? It's, it's less. It's 0. 0, 0.039%. So that's not 3.9%. It's not even 0.1. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it looks to me like... Four one-hundredths of a percent. Yeah, that's basically four basis points. Yeah. So, yeah. It hasn't caught on with everyone. So the dividend, the dividend thing, I mean, let's put it this way. I think it actually would be positive. It would be... a. It would be better for the market if the focus were more like it was when Vanderbilt was talking. And, and to be clear, that was a time when the dividend did tell you more because yeah. that was in reference to a $100 par price. You didn't have, there wasn't a lot of high frequency trading going on no. in 1870, believe it or not. There wasn't. So, and it wasn't so bad. Other shenanigans, mind you, but. But anyway, yeah. but it, yeah, so it told you more in isolation, but now when the, the fluctuating stock prices, and again, I'm as guilty as anyone, I like to see the stock price go up. Um, but when the fluctuating stock price is a bigger piece of the pie, well, the thing about that, that rising stock price can also go down and suddenly that dividend can become a liability if the, if the stock price is plummeting. So Jerry, any final thoughts on dividends? Um, dividends are a good thing okay. in the right place. And I wish there was, we're, we're just not living in that world and we just have to accept that. Um, but call me nostalgic. It's not really about that. It's about some finance. And I do think when dividends were a bigger piece of the equation and it was more of a, of a thought, pro, a thought for companies, um, we would be better off. For example, I'll leave this with one last point. Where, where is that really evident? is when companies start going on buying sprees of other companies that are outside their core technology. It's like, look, if you've got that much money and you can't make money in your own core competency, maybe it's time to start paying a dividend instead of going out. Because that often kills companies. It's a big red flag for us when companies are out there buying up everything in sight and it, it starts getting to where, you know, does this make sense? Does this make sense? It's... I'll give you the classic example of it, and I'm going to name a name. It's Cisco Systems, and we've owned it different times throughout the years. I think it was like 1999 when the CEO said, we're in 30 growth businesses. And at the time, 
Peak Cisco. My, re- my his peak Cisco. My re- research guy and I looked at each other and said, 30 growth businesses? How are you in 30 growth businesses? And, you know, most of those ended up getting divested. And, you know, they were, you know, do you remember Pure Digital? Pure Digital. I'm, I'm when Cisco right. Systems bought Pure Digital, which was essentially the little camera, and a, a little box type camera thing that, um, you know, your iPhone does everything that it could ever think of doing today. I mean, it's just, you know, stuff like that that... Um, just made made no sense. Made no sense, and they would have been better off giving that money back to shareholders. And I think management teams have to look themselves in the mirror and say, you know, what are we really here to do? Unfortunately, ego and all that stuff comes into it. We got plenty of that to go around. And I'm not saying we all aren't guilty of it from time to time. We're all humans, but that is uh, that's part of the problem we have today. Is um, in the, in the markets is just, you know, there's just such a total ignorance and lack of respect for the way things were originally set up that it, it's to our detriment in many ways. Well, on a related note, uh, Cisco is still like 30% off its all time high 25 years ago. So I rest my case. All right. Send it there. In the meantime, until next week, you can find us taylorforgone.com. Learn about our advisory business learn about a mutual fund long only at taylorforgotten.com to email the podcast and please rate us on itunes also follow us on, follow us on instagram taylorforgotten.invest until then i'm doug i'm jerry thanks for joining us on the long <laughs>